0: Good morning everyone, welcome to Woodburn Baptist Church. My name is Tim Harris, I am the pastor. It is good to see you. Welcome to all of you in the overflow this morning. God bless you all. If you don't know what the overflow is, you should go check it out some Sunday morning. The overflow is actually a, a, a second worship service at 8.30 that meets in the new choir room. They have live worship back there, live musicians, worship leaders. The only time that they, they connect with us is right here when we begin the sermon time and now we are worshiping together. Uh, so God bless all of you. In the overflow and consider that always an option for you. Some people just prefer worshiping in a smaller environment with, with uh, not quite the crowd and maybe not quite the, the chaos, maybe not quite the swine flu germs that live in the in the sanctuary. And so the overflow is an excellent option if, if that appeals to you. Always feel free to, it, to step back there. In the middle of a sermon series we started last week entitled Forever Young. We're having a youth revival if you haven't noticed. It's a revival for youth. I'm speaking to, for, and about Young people, how many of you think I'm preaching right to you? Raise your hand. Yeah? Oh, you poor old people, you poor folks. (laughs) You poor folks. Open your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes this morning. Ecclesiastes, this is good stuff. Open your Bible to the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 11, right in the back part, and we'll pick up there. Sermon titled this morning makes reference to the Jonas Brothers. How many of you know who the Jonas Brothers are? Yeah? Yeah? pretty good. All of the teenage girls and several of our deacons, that's kind of scary. Let's know who the Jonas Brothers are. Their names are, can you name them? I'll just come right on over here. Jonas Brothers are Nick, Joe, and Kevin. Yeah, and their father is a pastor. Yeah, they're pastor's kids, which is kind of pretty cool. Jonas Brothers are the big thing right now with with teenagers. In your day, it was probably who? The Osmonds? Something like that. Yeah, (laughs) Same thing. Think like that. It was the Osmonds. Yes, something like that. I want to show you something this morning. If you help me out, get on the screen here. The flowers on the table this morning are placed in honor of the Mitchell girls. Now, I know that most of you are way too young to understand who the Mitchell girls were and and, and who they are, but they were sisters. Leave it up there if you would. They're sisters. there are these wonderful five girls. Uh, Up here, standing from the left, you'll see Winnie Mae and then her sister Elizabeth. There, a third from the left is Louise, and then Martha, and then on the ground is Dorothy. Dorothy's birthday is being celebrated today. You know how old Dorothy Mitchell Martin is today? Ninety. Yeah, absolutely amazing. I I think there's probably an automatic switch on that slide there, Riley. Yeah, if you can get it to stay, those five girls grew up. In this church, I mean, literally grew up in this church. They were girls, and then they grew, and they've literally lived. Most of them lived their whole lives in this church. Just so you'll know, with the one with the head, the hat on, the one third of them left. That's Louise. That's Margaret Ann Adams's mother. Where are you, Margaret Ann? That's your mom. Yeah, that's Louise. Those girls lived their whole lives. And did I tell you, Dorothy Martin is is ninety. She's the only one left. Yeah, amazing girls. I just want you to understand how quickly a lifetime goes by. They live their lives in this church. Now, Winnie Mae and Dorothy, I got to know the best because, of course, they were in the church uh, for many years as I was pastor, and they were a lot of fun. Winnie Mae told me great stories, and I'm telling you, remember, she was a girl. These girls were in the youth group of the church. They probably were the youth group at at some point in our church's history. Winnie Mae told me about the first time somebody ever brought Jell-O to a church potluck. That's one of my favorite stories. Do you understand? Winnie Mae was older than Jell-O. And she told me about the day that somebody first brought jello. Now, who would even think? These days, you can't imagine a church potluck without jello. But Winnie May talked about the day somebody first brought jello in. They had never seen it. Did it look good to them? No, no. And this was also in the days before air conditioning, before refrigeration. So by the time everybody got around to eating the jello, it was slime, water. Yeah, And they're just looking at this bowl of slime water thinking, "Ugh, who who wants to eat that? Yeah. Older than Jell-O. Do, do, do you understand? Winnie Mae ruined our wedding. Not completely, but we had in mind a, a, a candlelight wedding. And by this time, Winnie Mae was on in years. And, and Casey and I were actually on in years, but this was years ago. We were getting married in the old building. Casey and I had planned a candlelight wedding. Sounds reasonable, romantic, right? Candlelight wedding. But the church was full, the lights were dim, the candles were burning, this was gonna be the wedding of the century. Winnie Mae walked in the back door, she looked around the the sanctuary, squinted her eyes a couple of times, hit the lights, boom. (laughs) Winnie Mae was seeking, church full of people, nobody knows how to turn on a light switch. That that, that was Winnie Mae. But Winnie Mae remembered when they first got electric lights in that sanctuary. Do you understand? The idea of going back to candlelight did not appeal to Winnie Mae. When the Mitchell girls were girls, their job, after they caught horses to come to church, their job was to climb the ladders, to lower the lanterns from the ceiling so they could light the lanterns and have light for church. Bless her heart, she loved the fluorescent light bulbs, you understand? She couldn't help but turn them on when she walked in. They lived their whole lives in our church. And now just Dorothy remains, and she's 90 today. Winnie Mae used to say, I just don't understand where the years go. Do you understand where the years go? Some of you don't. Some of you do. But I want you to think about it today, how very, very quickly time goes by. Open your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9. Ecclesiastes is a very interesting book in the Bible in the Old Testament. We're not sure who wrote it. We assume it was King Solomon. Um, But at the very same time, he only refers to himself as as the preacher, the the, the teacher. And the teacher has words for young people in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9. And and listen to what the Word of God says. This is amazing. You have probably no idea that this was in Scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9. Young people, it's wonderful to be young. No amens there, that's surprising. Young people, it's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do. Take it all in, but remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do. So refuse to worry and keep your body healthy, but remember that youth with a whole life before you Is meaningless. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your Creator. Honor Him in your youth before you grow old and say, Life is not pleasant anymore. I don't want to hear any amens after that one at all. What an amazing scripture. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your Creator. Youth is exciting. It is wonderful to be young. And the Bible recognizes that. I hope you see that. God knows what a thrill it is to be young. And the Bible says it's wonderful to be young. It's absolutely wonderful. Do some of you remember This is part of my problem in this sermon series because I understand that youth don't know what age is, but old people have forgotten what it means to be young. And the Bible says it's wonderful, wonderful to be young. And thinking about this, I have compiled a a very random sort of list of most awesome things about being young, okay? Most awesome things about being young. In no particular order, number one, the phone. Now, I know some of you didn't have phones. I don't know, would you have telegrams or, or, or something like that? But for many of us growing up, the phone, the phone must have changed what it means to be young, what it means to be a teenager. Do you remember the phone? Now, our teenagers these days, they all have their own phone on them right now. That's amazing. We couldn't have imagined that in our day, could we? We had one phone in our house shared by all the family members. You're beginning to be horrified now, aren't you? We shared the same phone. At one point in my life, we shared the same phone with everybody on our street. And it was called, ironically, a party line. Listening to my grandma talk, it was no party. It was just no party. One phone for everybody on the street. Our phone had a cord. The cord was probably originally about 24 inches long, but my sister made it miles long. My sister, it used to be a curly cord, but she had that cord stretched out absolutely straight. My sister would get on the phone and she would take it all the way to her room and close the door. Why did she do that? Privacy privacy but she had a little brother there was no privacy she closed the door I would be on the other side of the door and while grandma's conversations were not interesting my sister's conversations were very very interesting I did the same thing I would get the telephone and I would go into the laundry room stretch that cord out and close the door and talk who would I talk to now, I didn't know Casey at the time. But I talked to girls. I love to talk to girls on the phone. And what did I say? That was so important because I could talk for hours. What did I say? I say hey baby. Hey baby, how are you? How are you? I'm fine. You hang up. No, you hang up. I'm not hanging up. You hang up. Did you do that? You hang up first. I'm not hanging up, baby. Hey, baby. Yeah. I could do that for hours and hours. Here's the thing. My dad, Don Harris, would come and he'd beat on the door and say, get off the phone. I'd say, I'll be off in a minute. I'm talking. Hey, baby. it's <laughs> my daddy. Hey, baby. <laughs> dad would come about three times. I say, get off that phone. And I'd just say, just a minute. Hey baby. hey, baby. Finally, my dad would come. And to this day, this is still the funniest thing. My dad would say, get off the phone. Somebody could be trying to call me. Again, I, I'm what, I'm 12, 13, and my dad says, somebody may be trying to call me. What am I thinking? Who in the world is going to call you? <laughs> Who in the world is going to call my dad? I mean, I was the stuff. Nobody is calling Don Harris. So this day, he is probably home right now waiting for the phone to ring, people. Somebody call the man. Somebody may be trying to call me. Oh, the telephone is wonderful. I could not have imagined a phone in my pocket. Could not have imagined being able to text, hey, baby. I cannot imagine that. The telephone is wonderful. Number two friends. Friends. Friends are everything when you are young. Your friends are your world, and it's wonderful. Some of you would say that they were the very best friends of your life, and I would say that. My buddies when I was growing up are still to me some of the dearest people in my life. Friends are absolutely wonderful wonderful. Do you remember when you first started sleeping over at friends' houses? That was so much fun. Sleepovers. I used to have slumber parties with my buddy. We'd sleep in the barn. We'd sleep outside. We would sleep in sleeping bags in a tent. It was all so absolutely amazing. I loved that. Do you remember talking to your friends till after midnight or even later? Aren't those midnight conversations absolutely the best? You talk all philosophical, very, very serious, very deep after midnight. Do you remember that? Oh, the most wonderful, friends, the most wonderful days of your life. To this day, I see people that I went to school with, see people I went to high school with, and it is still an amazing thing to look at those old people and think we went to school together. Friends, friends. After friends, I would say food, Do you remember food when you were young? Because it was a very different thing when you're young. Food is awesome. You can never get enough food. You can never stop eating. Have you ever tried to feed teenagers? They just eat and eat and eat. And what do they eat? Garbage. Yeah, garbage. There was one period in my life, we call it high school, when I literally lived... Uh, On junk, every day at lunch, I had a bag of hot fries out of the machine and a Mountain Dew. If there was a food pyramid for me, Mountain Dew was the bottom. I I ate Mountain Dew. I lived on Mountain Dew. Hot fries for lunch. After school, when I needed something a, a little more substantial, I would go through junior food stores and get a bag of barbecue Fritos. And a mountain do that. That was my diet. is that wonderful? You just eat and eat and eat pizza, tacos, whatever. Food when you're young is wonderful. Number four, music. Music. When you're young, music is wonderful. It's like you've discovered it. And in fact, you do. Every generation has their very own music and their parents hate it. And that's part of the fun. That's the best part of the fun. Louisa Kirby, before she died, Louisa was telling me about how she was a teenager in the 30s and her mother couldn't stand her music. And it just blew my mind. What was Louisa listening to in the 30s that was so objectionable? Her music. When you're young, music is everything. And to this day, you guys, there is a soundtrack being formed, and it's the soundtrack of your life, and you will never love music as much as you love it now. And for the rest of your life, you'll hear a song and it will just take you back. It will absolutely take you back. Right now, Stacey Michelle Hunt, all I gotta say is, come sail away, and they're back at the prom. (laughs) They're at the prom right now, aren't you? Come sail away. For some of you, it's just like that. Frank Wright, he can't hear the song Rubber Band Man without his feet starting to move. Do do you understand what that is? Every time Joe Neal hears Born to be Wild, he revs the motor on his tractor. Yeah. You just can't help it. The songs take you back. They just take you back and it will always be that way. Now let me warn you about something. One day very soon, and you can't understand that, it's beyond your imagination, but one day real soon, you're gonna be driving in your car or or you're gonna be sitting at home, you're gonna listen to the radio, you're gonna have it on an oldies station. You're gonna be listening to an oldies station, which I know you wouldn't do now for anything, but you'll listen to an oldies station and you will hear Rihanna. You will hear kiss me through the phone on an oldies station and you will want to drive off a cliff. Do you remember, do you remember the first time you're listening to an oldies station and one of the songs that you grew up with is on the oldies station? Isn't that the worst thing ever? That's when you know that life is, is, is not pleasurable anymore as it says in Ecclesiastes. Wow. Wow. Music. A couple of quick ones. Getting your braces off. Is that not the best day of your whole life? Getting your braces off. You can eat pizza without having cheese caked on your braces. It is the most wonderful, the slickest, the most wonderful thing. Getting your braces off. Driving. Do you remember when you could get in the car and drive away from your parents? It is the most wonderful thing just to drive, just to drive. And driving in itself is enough. That's why in Franklin, to this day, I believe teenagers still drive around McDonald's. You just circle McDonald's. Why? Because simply driving is enough. It's freedom, it's thrilling, it's absolutely wonderful. Simply driving. The last thing I put on my list, although it could go on and on, the most awesome thing in the world when you're young, I would have to say holding hands. Do you remember holding hands? You guys, have you held hands by now? Have you just ever taken the hand of a girl, Scott, and just hold on to that hand? (laughs) Have you ever felt that? Because that is, and I'm not joking, that is one of the most awesome feelings in the world, to take your sweetheart's hand. Do it right now, are you sitting by your sweetheart? Go ahead, take them by the hand. That is the most awesome thing. Can you feel it? When you feel it right now, say, woo! woo! Yeah, yeah. I said woo. Okay, so was making sure my wife said woo, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That is such a good, good feeling. I love that. Do you remember being young and you just first start discovering what that feels like? That is so wonderful. I had a girlfriend once in church, and I don't advise having a girlfriend in church because it really is exhausting. Because my girlfriend wanted to hold hands through the whole service the whole service and my whole shoulder would go to sleep and you stand up to sing and hold the hymnal and hold hands and then the preacher be preaching and hold hands she never wanted to let go and if you let go when she doesn't want to let go you know that's like breaking up <laughs> holding hands is amazing nearly everything when you're young is amazing And I want you to understand that the Bible knows that. Scripture recognizes that. That being young is such a wonderful, wonderful thing. And the Bible says, enjoy every minute of it. Can you believe that? I wish I'd had that verse one of those times when Don Harrison told me to be in by 10 o'clock. The Bible says, enjoy every minute of being young. And there just aren't enough minutes of it. That's the point. You must enjoy everything about it because it is absolutely amazing. It is so wonderful to be young. Enjoy it, the Bible says. Take it all in, the Bible says. Everything that your eyes can see, and you need to follow everywhere your heart wants to lead you, that's part of being young. Enjoy it. Take it in, live it up, don't miss a single minute of it. Understand, this is a commandment. In other words, I think it really is a sin not to enjoy your life when you're young. I think it's a sin, and it's such a tremendous waste. And the point I would make here is that the majority of young people don't seem to enjoy any of it. They don't seem to enjoy it, always wishing it away, always wanting to be older, always complaining about being bored. Don't you understand? Being bored is one of the most wonderful things about being young. One of these days, you'll never be bored again, and you'll miss it. You'll miss it. You'll miss a summer that seems to last forever. Enjoy it, the Bible says. You've got to recognize what a tremendous blessing it is to be young. Enjoy it. Live it. Every single minute of it, everything your eyes can see, everywhere your heart wants to go, you've got to go with it because the scripture says because. Youth and the whole life that goes with it is meaningless. Interesting. Because youth and the whole life that goes with it is meaningless. That word meaningless there is hard to translate, but it's one of the most important words in the book of Ecclesiastes. It really is a word that has to do with a puff of smoke. Sometimes it's translated vanity. Sometimes it's translated useless or, or worthless. But it's really hard to find a word for what it's describing. It has to do with something that just absolutely passes away. And when it's gone, it's gone. It's this sense that everything in the world is like this puff of smoke. It's like cotton candy that you put in your mouth and it just melts and it's sweet for a moment, but then it's just gone, absolutely gone. It melts away so quickly. And that's exactly what youth is. The scripture says and and the whole long life that goes with it, it's it's meaningless. It's it's like a puff of smoke. It's, If you were to flip back in Ecclesiastes, maybe on your own time, I encourage you to go back and read chapter 2 of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, the old man who writes the, the whole book, gives something of his own story. He starts talking about his own life, and it's interesting, because this man had it all. And when he was young, he had it all. When he was young, he was wealthy. He had wealth, and he loved his wealth. And he decided to make the most of his life. So he says, first thing he started to do is just simply live for pleasure. He just lived to have a good time. And, And that's what he tells of his own story in the book of Ecclesiastes. He just lived for pleasure. He did whatever his heart wanted to do. He chased after anything that was fun, that that felt good. If it felt good to him, he did it. And he chased after pleasure for just as long as he could. That's just how he lived. He lived after pleasure. He lived for a nonstop party. All he lived for was fun, he said. He, He did that for a while. After that, he says he turned to alcohol and he turned to alcohol to sort of see if he couldn't up the, the level of fun to see if he could have a little more fun if he got a little bit looser. He turned to alcohol and, and he drank and you gotta understand that many, many people do that. They feel like something's missing from their life. Maybe I'll find it in a bottle and unfortunately, many young people begin to do that. They turn to drinking thinking that drinking somehow is gonna add to their life, will add to the fun of a Friday night. The fellow that writes the Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes said he did that for a while. He turned to alcohol. I remember that moment in growing up myself when, when some of my friends began to drink, and I recognized that a lot of the parties after ball games were going to involve alcohol. And that was difficult for me. I was raised not to drink, and I still preach not to drink. I, I do believe that it's a devastating thing in a person's life. The thing is at those parties, those guys would drink and they seemed really to have more fun. They really seemed to have more fun. They laughed louder and they were looser and they danced a little bit better to be honest and it really seemed to get the party going as people began to to drink and I watched that and honestly at times I felt like I might be missing something but but I never participated. I didn't want that. The, The thing is I'll never forget our very first high school reunion that's when you really recognize what life is about. You understand? Because we got to the high school reunion, and it's been 10 years since we graduated, and all of a sudden I realized that those guys who were drinking and laughing and loud at the parties when I was in high school, they were still doing it. They were still doing it. At the high school reunion, they got drunk and they laughed, and honestly, they looked so childish, so stupid. It was as if everybody could recognize these guys are never going to grow up, and they haven't. And honestly, some of them today are alcoholics. The writer in Ecclesiastes says, I, I tried alcohol for a while, I, I tried women, and he did. He turned to sex because a lot of people believe that that's really what life is all about. And that's what our culture tells us every day. Every time you turn on the TV, you're going to see an ad about something to enhance your sex life. It's as if life is all about sex. And the writer of Ecclesiastes long, long ago, he tried that too. He started building his life around sexual experiences and sexual partners. And he had women and women and more women. That's what his life was about. He tried that for a while. He looked to money, he he says it for a while, he just got all excited about wealth and accumulating more and more money, and he had houses, plural, he had houses, and and he continued to amass more and more of a fortune, if he could have had cars, he would have had cars, he would have had a TV the size of a billboard in his living room, just like you want, he said, I had all of that, I tried all of that, I, I, I got it all. He even says he put his life for a while into work. If he just could work, find the right career, immerse himself in in, in forward advancement at at the factory, whatever. He just said, I worked and I worked and, and I tried to find pleasure in my work. But the amazing conclusion of all of it, he said, he said he got to the point where he hated his life. I got to the point where I hated my life. The scripture says, rejoice while you're young. Enjoy every minute of it. Take it all in. Wherever your heart goes, follow your heart when you're young. But understand something, the scripture says. Understand something. And this is the big warning. This is the big message. It's wonderful to be young. Enjoy it. Live it up. But remember that in everything you do God's gonna bring you to judgment. Everything that happens, every choice you make, every decision uh, that you turn to, everything that you pursue in your life is gonna have a consequence. One of these days, you will stand before God and you will give an account for every single choice you make. Every single Friday night of your life, every single loose word, every single moment when you yield to temptation, don't forget, the Bible says, in all the excitement of being young do not forget that you have a creator do not forget that you're going to be held accountable I asked my son a couple of weeks ago getting ready for this sermon I said wait what is the best thing about being young he said without hesitation no boss no boss I said excuse me (laughs) you got parents he said oh yeah oh yeah you know trying to cover it's an amazing thing when you're young, you almost feel like the most wonderful thing is not, being, not having to answer to anyone. If you don't have to give an account. But this is what the Bible says, and all the excitement of it, do not be deceived, don't be fooled. You will have to answer for everything. It's not so much that you have a boss, the Bible says you have a creator, One who made you with a purpose. One who made you and in making you, he set the boundaries around your life. And this is what the Bible is saying. In all the excitement of being young, enjoy it. But enjoy it inside the boundaries. Because everything has a consequence. And in everything, you will answer to the God who made you. Enjoy it inside the boundaries. Other night at the softball game, uh, Don Harris and Adrian Cato were sitting on the top bleacher back there just watching. Down at the bottom was Salem Harris. How old is Salem? two, three, something like that. He's a toddler. Uh, Salem was just a ball of fire. It was a lot of fun. Salem was down there just being what, what a kid does at the ballpark. He would sometimes go up and put his hands through the fence, which, of course, is, is an awful thing. Parents always say not to do that. Kids do it. He put his hand on the fence. He'd look out. He'd yell at his daddy. Then he'd go back. He would eat a handful of dirt. He would play under the bleachers, he would run, he would romp, then he would climb up the bleachers, he would climb all the way up to my dad, climb up to Don Harrison, look at him, then he'd go back down and he just did that all night long, just absolutely like a tornado, never ever stopped, never stopped. But here's Adrian and Don sitting up there just watching it all happen. Finally Adrian said, you know Don, if he knew what we know, he'd try to save some of that. Amazing? If he knew what we know, he'd try to save some of that. But you know what Adrian and Don and most all of us know by now? You can't save it, you can't bottle it, you don't get to keep it. Every single day comes and every single day goes, and you can't hold on to it. You can't. The opportunities you have right now in being young, you'll never have these opportunities. Again, that's why the Bible says enjoy every single minute of it. Keep your eyes open, keep your heart open, because it goes by so fast. It goes by so fast. You don't get to bottle it, you don't get to keep it, you can't store it up for another day. I mean, today may be the only day you ever have. You have to live it like that, as if it were the only day you would ever have. This is the point. The Mitchell girls lived their whole life in Woodburn Baptist Church, their whole life in this community. All of their years, they went from little bitty girls to old ladies in our church. And at the end of their lives, they turn around and say, where did all the years go? It goes by so quickly. And the other thing, you've got to recognize that you don't really know how long your life will be. I've been a pastor for 12 years, and in 12 years, I have preached every kind of funeral. Do you realize that? I've preached funerals of babies, babies, days old. I have preached funerals of old people in their 90s, pushing 100. I've preached old people's funeral. I've preached every funeral in between, and I've preached a few too many teenager funerals. Do you understand that? You just don't have any guarantee of time, no guarantee of long life at all. That's why the Bible says enjoy it, enjoy your youth, because I promise you right now, it's as young as you'll ever be again. You've simply got to enjoy it. You've got to keep your eyes open and you've got to keep your heart open. And you've got to recognize how precious it is to have youth and health and energy and vigor. You've got to recognize how important it is not to waste that energy, not to waste those opportunities. You just never seem to understand how easy it is to waste it and how very difficult it is to ever get an ounce of it back. It just doesn't come back. That's why the Bible says enjoy it, enjoy it, but don't let the excitement of life, don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator. Remember him now, remember him right now while you're young. Learn to honor him, learn to love him, because it doesn't get easier. The majority of people who ever become a Christian, they become a Christian before they're the age of 18. The majority of people who ever come to the Lord, they do it while they're young. Once those years get by, it's very difficult to turn to the Lord. Just ask any cranky old person you know. These things are best done while the opportunity is new, while life is still fresh. Because I promise you, the day comes when you look at life and you will say, there's nothing pleasant about it anymore. And that's devastating if you've always thought that this life down here was all there is. If you thought that life was all about money, or if you thought that life really was all about your sex life, or if you thought that life really was all about houses or or, or wealth or popularity, if you're thinking that that's what life is about, one day you're going to be so very tragically disappointed because there is nothing under the sun that can fill you up. There is nothing under the sun, no sexual partner. There is no amount of money, no success in any college. There is nothing, nothing that can make you satisfied outside of the love of the God who made you. That's why the Bible says while you're young, while your eyes are still open, while your heart's still open, remember your creator because hard days are coming. Hard days are coming. The message for you today is to remember your creator. you got to recognize that you're not making yourself. You've got a lot of choices to make when you're young, choices about college, choices about career. You think that you get to make all those choices, but the fact of the matter is you have a creator. There's one who made you with a purpose and a plan and a God who made you with an intention to bless you within certain boundaries. You've got to enjoy your life and live it to the fullest, but recognize that the fullest kind of life is only lived inside the boundaries that God has laid out. Love him, honor him, Remember him while you're young. In other words, today, you got a choice to make. A choice of how you're gonna live your life. A choice about who's gonna be on the throne of your life. A choice about the kind of person you're becoming. The Bible says you need to make that choice now. You need to make that choice today. You need to recognize that the opportunities as they pass by may not come around again. And you don't know that you'll have another chance to accept Christ. Another chance to put your life on track. Another chance to make the choices that God lays before you. You don't know what opportunities will come today that you'll never have again tomorrow. That's why it's very important to to seize today. Take advantage of today's opportunities. Remember your Creator today as if it were the only day you'll ever have. But pray with me. God, truly, life is short but eternity is long. Teach us, Lord, how very brief, how very meaningless life is under the sun. Teach us, Lord, that all of the things that the world continues to shove into our face, the things the world continues to seek happiness within, Lord, teach us that happiness is not found down here apart from looking up to the God who made us. Lord Jesus, help us to honor you, love you, remember you, While there's still time While we're still young Before our lives, Lord Go too far down the wrong path God, I pray for those in this house today Those within the sound of my voice Who are young Those who are excited Those who still feel the thrill of every single day Those who still, Lord Understand what it means to be young And free and full of joy Lord, bless them I pray in all of their joy and excitement That they will remember to look up to you, oh Lord To give thanks and to find salvation and direction. But God, I also know there are people in the sound of my voice. People in this very room. Who feel like they've already messed it all up. Who feel like they've already squandered the best opportunities. They've already, Lord, sinned to such a degree that life will never be good again. Lord Jesus, I pray today that you would show them the power of the gospel to make us new creatures. Show them, Lord, the promise of Jesus to give us new birth, to be born again, young again. Lord Jesus, many of us in this house today, we need a new start. We're hungering for a new start. Help us to recognize, Lord, that that's exactly what you offer us. Every one of us who will come to you today. Lord Jesus, we come to you today. Make us new. Give us a fresh start. Give us new opportunities. Help us, Lord, to live our lives with eyes wide open, with hearts wide open. Help us to realize, Lord, life is short. Eternity is long. Help us, O Lord, our Creator, in whose name we pray. Amen.